Diabetes is like a roller coaster. It has its ups and downs, but it's your choice whether you want to scream or enjoy the ride. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Rizvi, and today is episode three of the Hippocratic Oath. We've discussed about intermittent fasting and diabetes since we began this show. And I do want to let you know that, you know, this affects nearly 34 million people in the world. So nearly 34 million U.S. adults and an estimated over 7 million of people are underdiagnosed or undiagnosed with diabetes. And this prevalence, the disease prevalence, is increasing with age. And thus, we are calling it a progressive condition in the healthcare society. So I talked to you a little bit about lifestyle modifications and how to manage diabetes over time, but I do want to let you know that diabetes comes with a few risk factors to develop additional diseases. And, you know, if you want a more detailed review on these risk factors, head over to our website at floridaadvancedmedicine.com. Head over to our blog section and you can read the blogs I put out about, you know, two to three blogs a month. And we discuss our topics that we cover in our podcast. Just some reference for you to share with your friends and family who may benefit from this service. So as I mentioned before, diabetes is affecting a lot of people. Most people, you know, um, have someone in their family or personal history dealing with insulin tolerance and elevated blood sugar levels. So we actually look at who needs to be screened for diabetes as a primary care physician. When we see people in the clinic, we need to look at risk factors for developing diabetes. And based on the evidence, there is a few different societies that help us evaluate who needs to be screened for diabetes. Obviously, you can just do a simple glucose monitor based on symptoms you're having. But based on the evidence, the United States Preventative Task Force gives a fair amount of evidence to screen for type 2 diabetes in asymptomatic adults. And that's if they have elevated blood, sugar, uh, blood pressure levels. That's 135 over 80 or, or higher. And they screen for diabetes uh, starting at the age of 40 for overweight and obese patients. The American Academy of Family Physicians, uh, they recommend screening for type 2 diabetes in adults with high blood pressure and high cholesterol levels. See, this is all falling under the umbrella of metabolic syndrome, so it's best to determine who needs to be screened earlier. ACOG, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, recommending fasting glucose testing for women beginning at the age of 45 and then have an interval of three years in between screening if they do test normal. And the American Diabetes Association recommends screening asymptomatic adults every three years starting at the age of 45 years of age. It is also recommended to screen adults at any age with a BMI greater than 25 with increased risk factors. And those with prediabetes, that means blood sugars ranging between 100 and 125, they should be screened annually. The American Diabetes Association also recommends screening children and adolescents if they are overweight or obese and have one or more pediatric risk factors. So some of the risk factors for adults is first-degree relatives with diabetes or a high-risk ethnicity, women who were diagnosed with gestational diabetes, 
history of cardiovascular disease or abnormal cholesterol levels, women with PCOS, physical activity with other clinical conditions associated with type 2 diabetes, a low dietary flavonoid intake, antipsychotic medication usage, and a patient who is on cholesterol medication. Risk factors for children include maternal diabetes or gestational diabetes during the child's gestation, type 2 diabetes in first or second degree family members, high risk ethnicity, and clinical conditions associated with type 2 diabetes. So what are some symptoms associated with high blood sugar levels? And, you know, when you're diabetic or pre-diabetic or, you know, you're concerned, hey, do I have diabetes? Some symptoms are associated with blood sugar levels, which include uh, the increase of urination. In medicine, we call this polyuria. Uh, Increased in thirst, polydipsia. Increased in hunger, polyphagia. Uh, Weight changes despite you changing your activity levels. Visual changes, that means loss of vision or blurry vision. This happens a lot later on in the disease, and we'll talk about that as the podcast continues. Tingling, numbness to hands and feet. We call this paresthesia in medicine. That's the pins and needles sensation, and this typically happens in the peripheral extremities. That means hands and feet in medicine, we call it the stocking and glove syndrome of diabetes. Also, some symptoms of high blood sugar could include changes in energy level, changes in skin condition, oftentimes a new rash or fungal infection prompts a doctor to review uh, blood sugar levels because this puts a patient at an increased risk of skin infections. And also, other, other forms of infections with delayed healing. This is also one of the symptoms associated with high blood sugar levels. So once diagnosed, patients can choose to make either a lifestyle modification to help improve their diabetes by really changing their diet, activity level, and stressors to optimize their health. This change can help reverse type 2 diabetes. Go back into our podcast and review the intermittent fasting protocols we discussed and some of the dietary supplements that are associated with controlling blood sugar levels as you'll find this to be a great source of information and a great way to help control your sugar levels. So when someone comes into the office and is diagnosed with high blood sugar levels concerning for diabetes or prediabetes, your doctor may say, that you have to make a lifestyle change and they typically won't prescribe medications unless indicated, you know, unless your A1C, which is a three-month span of your sugars, is very elevated, your doctor may give you the opportunity to change your way, the way you're living. And this is obviously something that in our clinic, we it's a detailed discussion because we don't want to hand out a pamphlet and tell a patient to do their research. I mean, we want to help them navigate this disease in itself. So, you know, we'll publish a book. They can have that reading information. We have blogs. We are available. So make sure your doctor is giving you the education needed to help manage this condition. We typically tell them to come back in three months. We review their vital signs. We look at their weight, see if there's anything changed in their diet. And then then we can talk about other ways to help prevent disease. So most patients really don't want to start taking medications. They're, they're, they obviously know that diabetes is a lifestyle um, causation. 
And they're saying that, no, we'll change our way. We'll, we'll eat better and sleep better and, you know, avoid uh, Uber Eats. You know, I hope it's not, you know, we're not sponsored or anything. I hope they don't get mad. But these type of resources that have caused society to become lazier and rely on uh, restaurants to provide nutrition rather than focusing on it and cooking at home and being in a healthier environment actually is leading and is one of the causes of everyone becoming a little more unhealthy. So diabetes over time can lead to some complications. And when we say, hey, you need some medications, it's really to prevent these complications. And in medicine, we actually look at the complications in two different ways. So when we say every three months, we'll check an A1C level, we not only look to see if you're controlled in your diabetes, but we are assessing if you are at risk for microvascular complications. That means complications to the small blood vessels and compared to complications to larger blood vessels. We call this a macrovascular complication. So in diabetes, there's three major microvascular complications that we pay focus on. One is diabetic retinopathy. This is the diabetic eye disease. The other is diabetic nephropathy. This is the kidney disease associated with diabetes. And finally, it is the diabetic neuropathy, the nerve disease associated with diabetes. And so this is what is needing to be addressed when we measure your A1C levels because research shows that more aggressive sugar management helps prevent microvascular complications related to diabetes. So high blood sugar over time can affect these small blood vessels. And you lower your A1C to levels of 7 and below. This is associated with reduction of microvascular complications. That means more tighter blood sugar control. Um, and this should be done under supervision because when you control blood sugar very tightly, especially with medications, there is a risk of low blood sugar events, which is dangerous in itself. So if you're having a history of long-standing diabetes and you're on medications, do not do this um, without supervision of your healthcare doctor, okay? Uh, it's really important to taper things off, be under, you know, close monitoring while you're adjusting your medicines as you are also adjusting your lifestyle. So aggressive sugar control needs to be done under doctor's supervision. So one of the first microvascular complications, the diabetic eye disease or retinopathy, this is the most common associated disease. And although it's initially asymptomatic, that means patients don't realize they're even developing it, it's actually one of the leading causes of blindness in, in the world. So diabetic retinopathy is the medical term to diagnose disease of the eyes associated with diabetes. The rate of eye disease depends on both the duration of diabetes and the severity of the disease. So, you know, in healthcare, you know, diabetes has not been around forever or has not been managed for a long period of time. Its prevalence has increased since probably about, you know, the 1900s. So we are used to treating patients for 20, 30 years with diabetes. But now with adolescents uh, developing diabetes and metabolic syndrome, this microvascular disease is going to be more prevalent as time goes on. 
doctors have to manage diabetes for 40, 50 years as the lifespans of patients is increasing with our, you know, um, modern medicine. So this is something that needs to be reviewed at at every yearly examination with your doctor and at every examination uh, for a follow-up for diabetes. So the rate of eye disease depends on both the duration and severity of the disease and the risk factors associated with development of diabetic eye disease includes high blood pressure levels, cholesterol levels, and abnormal kidney disease. Pregnancy is also a risk factor for developing diabetic retinopathy. So retinopathy, the eye disease of diabetes, has two categories. A non-proliferative retinopathy, that means that they just see an abnormal eye exam and you see the, the, the signs of diabetic changes in the eye. And proliferative retinopathy, that is when there's actually bleeding associated with new blood vessels of the eye and that's more severe. They both are the same disease, just in different stages of presentation. So your family doctor will screen for this condition with an office eye exam and then recommend a referral to an ophthalmologist or an optometrist for a dilated comprehensive eye exam. The screening recommendations for this eye exam for type 1 and type 2 diabetes is pretty similar. Type 1 diabetics, we recommend dilated comprehensive eye exam by a specialist within 5 years of onset of diabetes followed by an annual dilated exam. And type 2 diabetics, dilated comprehensive eye examination is at the time of diagnosis, followed by an annual dilated exam. If initially normal, you can have one every two years or per your physician's discretion. Moving on, diabetic nephropathy. This is the diabetic kidney disease. This condition affects the kidney and causes a leaking of protein in the urine. It's one of the leading causes of kidney failure. So the persistent protein spillage in the urine is secondary to damage within the kidney's filtration system. Over time, diabetic kidney disease and the kidney damage is associated with decrease in function, eventually leading to end-stage kidney failure requiring dialysis. Diabetes is one of the most common causes of dialysis. So the earliest sign of diabetic kidney disease is high blood pressure. So we, we typically in medicine call high, hypertension or high blood pressure essential. That means there's no medical cause. But now as modern medicine uh, gives us the evidence that having insulin resistance, high blood sugar levels, this does have an effect on the kidneys and this can affect our blood, blood pressure in itself. So high blood pressure with association of protein found within the urine, we call this microalbuminuria. It's a hard word to pronounce. As the kidney disease worsens, it's associated with generalized swelling, potentially abnormal heart rhythms because, you know, your, your kidneys are, are, you know, their function is to uh, metabolize the different micronutrients in our body. So you can have an elevated potassium level and that can cause changes to your heart rhythm. It is also associated with generalized um, symptoms related to kidney failure. That could be changes in your urinary output and also altered mental status. And um, uh, as, as I mentioned, this needs to be something that has to be tailored and prevented with more tighter glycemic control. So what are the screening recommendations of the kidney disease associated with diabetes? 
So they should be screened for high blood pressure at every doctor's visit. Because remember, high blood pressure plus abnormal sugar levels leads to diabetic kidney disease cause, called nephropathy. So type 1 diabetics should screen starting five years after diagnosis and every year following for protein spillage in the urine and with calculation of kidney function, that is the GFR. Type 2 diabetes should screen every year and also look at kidney function. And this should be done, you know, every year you're, if you're a diabetic, this has to be an evaluation that takes place. Do not miss an opportunity to prevent microvascular complications related to diabetes. It's not just a simple, how's your blood sugars been? Here's a refill of your medications. Make sure your doctor is looking at your kidney function, your eye function, and also your nerve function. Diabetic neuropathy is a diabetic nerve disease. And the cause of diabetic nerve disease is quite complex. And an environment of sustained high blood sugar levels causes damage to our nerves. Uh, symptoms of nerve disease is associated with diabetes depends on the type of neuropathy experienced. The most common uh, presenting symptoms is sensory changes to, their, to the hand and legs causing a tingling sensation called paresthesia. Further nerve damage is associated with changes in reflexes and loss of touch sensation. And diabetic nerve damage places diabetic patients at an increased risk of injury and infection due to loss of sensation and is associated with limb loss if not properly managed and prevented. This is your typical presentation with a long-standing diabetic patient. They could even, uh, you know, injure their foot or have shoes that are actually preventing appropriate healing of an injured foot and they won't even feel it and that's why it's very important for a diabetic patient to be doing self-assessments along with the doctor's visit to make sure that their feet are healthy that they don't have any injuries that need to be reviewed and if they have any questions they need to contact their doctor because up to 50 percent of diabetic nerve damage is considered asymptomatic so you have to do a, a more detailed test to determine if you're actually having the nerve changes related to microvascular complications uh, in diabetic patients. And when we screen for this, we also screen for smoking cessation. So tobacco usage or smoking uh, increases the risk of nerve damage in itself. So if you use tobacco products, make sure you abstain from usage. And then if you're diabetic, make sure you're checking your feet, looking at your skin, preventing uh, injury, looking at the shoes you wear, and following up with a podiatrist to make sure that you are ahead of the game here. In, screen, in terms of screening, type 1 diabetics should screen at the time of diagnosis and annually thereafter. And this is with physical examination, including sensory monofilament testing, on-off vibration testing using a tuning fork, or superficial pain sensation testing really with pinpricks. Type 2 diabetes screening is, is also at the time of diagnosis and annually thereafter with the same physical examination. That is really to look for the small changes that increase the risk. And, you know, this is something that is very important. Those are the three more, most common causes of microvascular complications with diabetes. Save the things we take for granted, our feet, our eyes, and our kidney function. 
mostly asymptomatic for a long period of time before they start becoming problems. And often the problems are irreversible. So tighter blood sugar control is the key, you know, to living a life with diabetes. And this is how you prevent, you know, life altering diagnosis. And, you know, this is where your primary care doctor is really supposed to be, you know, the quarterback here to really guide you through uh, this journey with diabetes. So if you have an A1C that's a lot higher than seven, you are at risk of macrovascular complications. And long-standing diabetes increases the process of atherosclerosis, which is defined as a disease of the arteries characterized by the position of plaque, that's fatty material on the inner walls of the blood vessel. Over time, this fatty material prevents adequate blood flow. And these large blood vessels damaged by diabetes, uh, uh, they can have an effect to the coronary arteries, the heart, you can have a heart attack peripheral arteries in the legs you can have peripheral vascular disease and then cerebrovascular disease that is the brain so you don't want to have risk of heart attack vascular disease or stroke and that's why it's really important to manage this whole diabetic uh, syndrome in a way to prevent these complications uh, the fatty material that lined the inside of these large blood vessels increases the risk of having heart attack stroke and um peripheral vascular disease, and it also has a, an effect on developing gangrene, which is increased risk of infection due to poor wound healing and inadequate treatment. Macrovascular complications are the major cause of early death associated with diabetes, and this can be prevented with optimal sugar control, and if necessary, the medications to help prevent disease occurrence. The screening for macrovascular disease is blood pressure checks. Every diabetic patient should be screened for high blood pressure checks at the time of diagnosis and at every encounter. Cholesterol should be man uh, managed as well. Adults aged 40 years or older should be screened for lipid disorders. Diabetics should be screened at the time of diagnosis. And of course, if there's any additional cholesterol levels like uh, the oxidized LDL. These are the more newer tests to see if you're at a higher risk based on your lifestyle for developing these macrovascular conditions. If you're in, if you're like undergoing high risk behavior, obviously smoking cessation, excessive alcohol usage, and drug abuse should be discussed at every preventative visit to discuss the importance of abstinence and prevention of these complications. And then finally, lifestyle modifications. Diet, exercise, physical activity, weight reduction, reviewing of your medication and supplements, making sure you're on optimized regimens. This should be done at every preventative care, and that's very important. Diabetes is manageable. They should be, uh, patients should be taught how to count carbohydrates appropriately. Patients should review how to, you know, um, structure their plates, structure their meals. Uh, manage your stress levels. Diabetes is a journey, okay? So you're in the driver's seat. Let your doctor help you, guide you through this journey. And, you know, the more information you have, the better the outcomes you'll have and the better your quality of life. So this is Dr. Rizvi. Thank you for tuning in every time I drop a podcast. Uh, this is the third episode. Also, remember, we're doing blogs on our website we're really trying to make a change here. You know, this is um, making a podcast or writing all these articles or publishing a book. It, it's really not for my benefit. 
this is something I want to give the community and try to make a change. Okay, so I'm just a small fish in a big pond, and you, the listeners, are basically you know my support system to help get the word across. Remember, prevention is better than cure, and let's do great preventative health. I hope to speak to you guys soon. Stay tuned for the next episode. We'll touch on different things. Um, I'm getting a lot of requests for joint disease, so maybe we'll touch on that. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in. Share with your family or friends. Make sure you give me a rating, and if you have a good uh, you know, critique, make sure you give me that too, and I'll be looking forward to make the changes to help satisfy uh, your experience with this podcast. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. <laughs>